Hey guys, Laura here. I wanted to invite you to my Authenticity Workshop on Friday, May 24th. The title of this workshop is Authentic Expression and Why It Will Make You Wealthy. And I use the word wealthy not specifically in the traditional sense, although that's true as well, but also holistically wealthy, um, leading to a life of joy, abundance, and expansion. Because when we learn to authentically express, there's nothing more powerful. And once we learn it, and we bring it to our nurse coaching practice, it echoes into over into every other area of our life. So come for this interactive workshop. It's 30 bucks. You need to register. Link will be in the bio. Thank you. Welcome to the Successful Nurse Coach Podcast. On this podcast, Laura and Shelby both board-certified nurse coaches show you how to make as much money as you want in private practice as a nurse coach. All right, guys, welcome to the Successful Nurse Coach Podcast. I'm so excited for today's interview. Today, I am interviewing Ashley Durant, and she is one of our master's mentees and has been coaching with us for almost two years. She is just coming out of maternity leave after having her second baby, and she is hitting the ground running. Ashley loves to do the deep work. She likes to work with clients to break generational trauma, and she helps people come back to themselves after having a wake-up call, whether it be health, whether it be spiritual, whether it be familial, whether it be having to do with work or career. Uh, she loves to jump in to the deep end. She's very well-versed in functional medicine around mystery illness and autoimmune conditions, and she believes that we must advocate for ourselves. She also deconditions people who believe that they are failing, and she shows them that most of the time it's actually a systemic failure and societal conditioning. She loves having all the conversations that most people are afraid to have, not unlike me. So today's not going to be a normal client spotlight interview. We are going to be more off the cuff. We're going to talk freely. We don't care if we offend you. And we hope that you don't pass judgment, but we're not going to censor ourselves when we have this conversation today, are we, Ashley? Heck no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, extra in too much. It's just it's just what we do. Yeah. So, so give the listeners a little introduction about who you are, how you became a nurse coach, and kind of just lead them up to where you are right now. Yeah. So I'll keep it as brief as possible because I do have a mega story, of course, as most of us do. Um, but I've been a nurse, I believe 12 years now. And I was working on the cardiovascular unit and seeing people come up from cath lab and eating their McDonald's and feeling like I had more to give in no time. So just as a Hail Mary, I switched out of that and went to Pete's ER thinking, oh, great, I'll fix boo-boos. Cool. I'm making a real difference. And now I'm going to send them home. And then just found out it was a different flavor of the same problem just with children yeah. this time. So that clearly wasn't sign enough for me. <laughs> so I kept working there, came back to matern from maternity leave with my first um, daughter after six weeks and a massive postpartum hemorrhage and got so ill. I came to work green about to throw up on everyone because I didn't want to call out anymore. Um, ended up in the ER and my own medical director looked me in the eye when I was in 
adrenal failure and said, you're going to have to look a lot sicker to convince me you're sick. Um, I was in adrenal failure and if they didn't give me steroids, I would have died. So I thank him. I thank him every day now because I don't think if, if he was that abrupt with it, um, and I was too tired to fight then, right? Adrenal failures, like, yeah, no cortisol, like you're, you're feeling dead. Um, but I thank him every day now because of him, I'm so spicy and so passionate about this work because if I'm a nurse and I can't navigate the healthcare system in a way that's safe, I can't imagine what people that are not well-versed in how the system works can do. So I was looking for something different. I signed up for the Nurse Coach Collective. My first call with Heather, I was in the ER (laughs) with my daughter and I swear everything was coming for me. Um, But I joined that, and since then, it's just been an undoing of everything that told me I had to be a nurse at the hospital. That's the only way to be a real nurse. I have to be a stay-at-home working mom and do both. And I've just been undoing since then, so I guess four years now, undoing everything that the world told me I was and coming back to me for the first time in 30-some years. Yeah. Oh, I, I know your story, but just hearing it again, um, I'm just so glad that we're here to start to put a voice to some of this and to have this conversation mm-hmm. because it was, it was a primary care physician telling me that it was all in my head that literally lit the fire under my ass that created what I created. And I'm so grateful that that overweight, grumpy, awful human decided to gaslight me that day mm-hmm. when I was in pain and scared and looking for answers. And this is just one way we get to turn some of our struggles into our strengths. And I think that you really illustrate that. And the thing I want you to talk about is how I think when we all became nurse coaches, we thought we were going to help people with health. And then what <laughs> I find is we start helping people in other ways, because like you said, part of the problem is that the lack of the ability to advocate for ourselves. And that's much deeper than a diagnosis and treatment plan and supplements and functional medicine, right? Absolutely. Tell me about that. Tell me about some of the work that you've done with your clients to help them decondition. Yes. So I started in 2020 and that, you know, that's pretty early for nurse coaches. I was from Collective Four, um, from the Nurse Coach Collective. So there yeah. weren't a ton of us in business yet. Um, but I was really leaning to the community. And I'm like, I have a story. I'm too fiery to, to quit this. So my very first clients was me just talking to friends and being like, hey, if you have a health journey and you're having a hard time, I'm in your corner. And so my first couple of clients were just kind of anyone. I laugh when people say have a niche because I'm like, you do not need a niche. You do not. Like... Just go coach your butt off and it will present itself. Um, So my very first client, I know I've shared with you, I've spoke to her recently. She knew that she had this condition that she did all the things to lose weight. She did all the things to be healthy and eat and did all the things the doctors told her and they did not believe that she was doing it because she was still of a larger size. She knew what she had, but nobody believed her. And kept pushing off. So what we did is when we were working together, we we found that she wasn't going to the right doctors, obviously. So we fired her doctors. We found one who knows what it's what it, her process was, what her disease process was. And she now, fast forward two years, is had surgery for this thing. And 
when they went in there to do the surgery, they found out her body weight percentage was like less than 10. So everything she said where she was losing weight and doing this, she was. But this rare disease she has pockets her fat tissues into cells, like big pockets. They hurt. You lose mobility. And if you don't treat it properly, you lose your mobility altogether. She's young. Wow. So she's had this surgery. She's since moved out of state, has a grandkid, like all these wonderful life things. And it all started from our work together for her advocating here. And then she's just propelled into advocating for herself in every other area of life and living unapologetically for her. And I think she was the first one that I was like, I knew it was deeper, but I... I just do things and then find out my repeatable process later. And so over the past few years, I'm, I found this trend of these people with autoimmune disease or chronic fatigue, Lyme, all these people who kept having these issues, a lot of them had underlying trauma and they were re-traumatized by being gaslit by the medical community. That yeah. obviously like struck a chord. Cause I'm like, Oh, same, same. And I wanted to go deeper with them. So I kind of, not rebranded, that's not the right word, but I didn't, I like ninjaed into these people and we holistically looked at everything. Where are you self-sabotaging? What is keeping you behind now, right? Like, not in a way of judgment or shame, but like, of course that is how you're feeling. This happened to you. That makes sense. Now, how can we, how can we move forward after that and be more accepting and forgiving of ourselves and more accepting and forgiving of our situation? And What I'm finding is just about everyone, the first three months we do health and wellness coaching, right? We're kind of on the surface. And then the next three months, it's we get into, okay, now that that fires out, I'm really seeing that I'm like super angry and I'm always hypervigilant. I'm always on. I'm always activated and we get into that. And then after that, it gets even deeper into a spiritual process. So I've learned to speed it up through practice. Um and kind of cut to the chase. And it feels like if we hit these points of trauma-informed care and getting to the root faster, by proxy, we might be able to prevent a lot of these diseases from even getting there. So that was kind of my next step to be more preventative was to get to the root of why we're not showing up for ourselves and being hypervigilant in the first place. Oh, so well said. And so much different than I think we thought what health coaching or wellness coaching would be as a nurse getting into nurse coaching. And Mm -hmm. um, I think I remember when I was doing health and wellness coaching and I was working with a naturopathic doctor and realizing I don't have to do just health. I can do whatever I want to do. And that appealed to me because there were so many other parts of me around nursing that I hadn't gotten to play in and to, um, to bring into my my life work and in nurse coaching, we can whatever it is that we're currently working on or into, or uh, I know you got into trauma and into nervous system work. And so like, as we grow and we get into these different modalities and we can bring that into our practice and we tend to start attracting different clients based on whatever frequency we happen to be working in. Mm-hmm. Um, what are you most proud of? Uh, that was a fabulous story of your, of that client, but What are you most proud of of yourself in these last four years? I am very proud of how far I've come in people-pleasing. It sounds kind of silly, but right? Like I'm a recovering codependent and 
coming out like today is uh, it's of course the perfect day to be podcasting because I was just smiling on my couch all morning plugging things into my garden planner and my husband comes out and he's like are you okay and I'm like just sometimes I can't believe this is my life you know like it's so aligned with the it's like I let the insides be the outsides it's for someone who's left lived their whole life giving to others, caregiving, um, like pushing my emotions down for the sake of mostly immature people in my life and all of that, that I'm like, I get to do whatever I want. I have freaking mini horses. I have like, I just spend my morning gardening and then I do my clients and I only work two days a week and I spend the rest of the time with my children, which I've been waiting and praying for, for almost 30 years. Um, I get to leave this and go out and kiss my baby. And I'm so unapologetic about my time these days that I really feel aligned with, yes, I can do my job. I can make money that sustains me. And I can also honor these other parts of myself, kind of like you were saying, these other parts of myself, like the mother in me, but not the ragged, ragged, kill yourself, martyr mother, the mother that I want to be by being present and mindful and connected with my children and not making them feel some sort of way about it. I get to be a present wife. I get to be a present friend. I get to be all these things that I was sold that you can't do, but that's because they were trying to put into the lens of how the world is normally, you know, working 40 hour weeks and doing all that. It is impossible to do all those things. They've sold us a lie. Um, So now that I've retrained my beliefs to believe I can do it all. I just have to kind of mesh it around how it works for me and my neurodivergent brain (laughs) that it's possible. It's possible to do it all. It's just, I have to shift it and honor myself in each shift. And so over the four years of slowly doing these shifts, I feel like I've arrived and I'm just unpacking this gift slowly. Like each day I'm just unpacking more of this gift that I didn't even think was possible to receive. Yeah. People pleasing's a lot bigger than that just the word like it just it deserves the story behind it because it it impacts everything in our lives all the time and what you just described ashley is a complete shift in your being it's a a complete shift in how you see yourself and how you see the world and how you choose to participate in it and that's so much more intentional than how you were living before how i was living before which is really just a trauma response to how we were raised Absolutely. I was literally a product of my raising in the most extreme form. Right. And it's, it's like parenting that cracks me up because if you don't end marriages, okay, relationships and parenting, you are going to be exactly like your parents unless you intentionally aren't exactly like your parents. And that's it. Truly, that's it. and, and so that you get is to, as an adult, <laughs> that's really it. So unless they were perfect and their marriage was perfect and they were perfect parents, unless it was that, um, we have work to do to deprogram ourselves to get super intentional. And people pleasing um, bleeds over to all areas of our life. And so what you're describing is just such a more empowered version of yourself. Um. I love that. I could talk about that all day long. I know for me in my life now, it shows up in these weird little gifts and I'll give one stupid story that sticks out. But I was at a gymnastics camp picking my kids up 
And there was a woman who came up to me at gymnastics camp and she wanted to talk to me. And she's like, oh, hey, Laura, you, you know, I was the, the person who was going to buy your sister's house and blah, blah, blah. And actually, I wasn't in the mood to talk. Like I was picking up my kids. I wasn't trying to talk. And so I was really short and direct and, and kind, but I didn't feel the need to like entertain the conversation or ask her how she was doing or all the things that people do because they're supposed to. And we get in the car. My husband goes, damn, that was rude. And I was like, really? And he's like, yeah, I mean, you could clearly see she really wanted to talk to you. And I'm like, yeah, a lot of people really want to talk to me all the time, but I don't feel like talking. So I don't, I don't really care. Was I unkind? He's like, no. And I was like, yeah, that's just a boundary. And he's like, that's so crazy. <laughs> oh, Evan. Out here being conditioned and by what the world told him. It's a big old nice. deal. It's not, it can, it, it's it could just, not be one. If we just let it not be a big deal collectively, yeah. we could all be have just beaming with more energy throughout the day. If we just stopped right. having conversations that we are not trying to entertain in the moment. Yeah. Like what yeah. a concept. And, and we find right? energy. <laughs> yeah. And it's such a small thing. And I just remember thinking, I've really done a lot of work to get to the point where what she thought of me or didn't think of me was not what was on my brain in that moment. I was kind, I was direct, but I gave only what my boundaries was within my boundaries that day. And that's really how I live my life everywhere all the time, or I try to nothing out of obligation, nothing out of what society tells me I'm supposed to do. Um, and it's magic. And I know you're there and you, you continue to, to operate in that space. So from that point of view, how does that, how do you see that impact people's physical health? Just that, just mm -hmm. the, just the conditioning and the societal pressures. So it showed up in my life huge. I mean, I killed my adrenal glands, you know, the regular conventional medical world says adrenal fatigue is not a real thing. And boy, did I prove them wrong by having it so bad that they failed into a, a diagnosis that they honor. Um, yeah. I mean, from a nursing perspective, that affects your thyroid, your pituitary. I mean, your thyroid affects everything. And there's the HPA axis, which is your pituitary and your thyroid and your adrenal glands. And if one of them's off, the other one's overcompensating. And next thing you know, your metabolism, every cell you have is out of whack. And on top of that, I mean, that's just physiological. Let's think about, like we're talking about energy, your physical energy is depleted, your mental energy is depleted, your emotional energy is depleted because you're constantly doing things for other people and not yourself. So you further neglect yourself, further getting iller, you're going to the doctor and you're not advocating for yourself because you've lost self. And right. next thing you know, you, I mean, I think, and don't, don't come for me if I'm wrong. I believe it's an average of seven years and five doctors to get an autoimmune diagnosis. So that is seven years and five doctors yeah. worth of cells damaging your own body before they even catch it. So for me, I'm a nurse. I got it a little bit faster because I'm spicy. And what happened was I watched. So the driver of my one of my autoimmune disease is antibodies. So you could see them drop as I did different care tasks. So when I changed my wow. diet, they dropped huge. They I think they were over 900 when we started, so they dropped massively. I went and dealt with my repressed trauma in therapy. They dropped 500. No one's talking about Yes. This. Like how 500 out of my 900 points of wrong was just dealing with my repressed trauma. 
then, you know, I, I kept going. I got rid of um, things in my home. I, it was like layers to my healing. I got rid of things in my home that were caustic to me because I am an autoimmune person. I have a sensitive body. I'm the canary. I, I'm going to, things are going to yeah. be wrong for me that aren't for everyone else. And then I, I don't think I've even shared this publicly yet. I reversed my autoimmune disease. It is, it is in remission. And they told me that was impossible. Yeah. And as soon as you say something's impossible, I'm a toddler. And I'm like, watch me. I'll do it. So I did. And I'm like, okay, there's hope out there. These people are getting told you can just exercise and eat right, which what does that even mean, right? Like what does eat right even mean? And that you can't reverse it. You basically have to wait till this organ's dead and then we'll supplement with the medicine. And also on top of that, I'm coming off my medicine. So I'm down to six days a week on the lowest dose. Um, So I'm trending off of my meds altogether. So I've, I've literally done what they said I couldn't do just by addressing holistically and functional medicine wise, my life and that people pleasing bleeds into all of that because I was a nurse. I was running for 13 hours. I remember being in the break room after my first daughter, which again, I hemorrhaged for and was very ill pumping once a shift, holding my pump with one hand and a cheeseburger in the other in a 15 minute break and then rapping on the door that they needed the office that I was in. I was in the doctor's office pumping because they didn't have a pumping room. And I remember sitting there and I'm like, what am I doing? This is insane. Yeah. For other people, when I'm out here eating a cheeseburger, which funny story, I ended up having celiac disease. So that didn't, that was a good, um, <laughs> and like one shift I'm getting a 15 minute break and I'm, I'm doing all these things. Like it was just such a wake up call of you're serving people to literal death. You are serving others yes. at the cost of yourself to the point where you almost lost your life. And I know I'm an extreme case, but like I said, that's why I'm extreme and I like to swim in the deep end. I only know being extreme. So, um, that, I mean, people pleasing bleeds into every piece of your being, not only physically and physiologically, but mentally it ju- it's holistic. It goes into every piece of your being and environment, your people pleasing skills yeah, or lack thereof. <laughs> Gosh. Yes. And I want to just make a announcement that to all conventional medicine doctors that just because you don't think it has a solution or you don't know that something's wrong does not mean that it's in your damn head. Yes. If we could just realize that anxiety is from sick and not because the anxiety is causing it again. Right. what, what, What an idea. Yeah. There are so many nurses who are going to be listening to this going, oh my gosh, this is me or this is my family member and what do we do? And here I am, uh, maybe we'll even be talking to some mothers who are pumping at work listening to this. Like that's the world that we live in. So I want to come back to your, you had your second baby and I know you were nervous about your health and you did lots of things to prepare for it, but you were also self-employed running a business while having a high risk pregnancy, having a baby, being on maternity leave and you still did you still did it. And I mm-hmm. think that that just shows what can be done. And I'd love you to share more about that experience of this having your second baby and coming back to work and what it's been like. Oh my gosh, um that was my full circle moment of why I did all of this was because I got 6 weeks with my first daughter after hemorrhage and not only did I work my off to get my health in order for them to give me the green light to have a baby. 
Um, the birth was amazing. It took four hours. She's perfect. Um, everything turned out perfect. I had the most amazing care team. I had a male nurse, which I really walked into that like, whoa, friends, I think you don't know my life and I'm not sure <laughs> if this is a good idea. Um, but he was the most trauma-informed nurse I have ever spoke with. He asked permission. He he did all the things. So um, he also helped me with a bias, which I, I thank him for still every day. So I had her and I had no idea what this was going to look like postpartum with the business. So I just, I I did go back into, I feel like when you contract out and like you're growing, you're doing these things, there's like also, or expand, you're expanding out. There's this contraction that comes with it of squeezing back down sometimes. Um, and so I like hit my yeah. bubble of like, I'm doing it right. Like I've, I've done the thing and I'm here. And I was like, Oh wait, but when do I come back? Um, I see all these other nurse coaches and they're killing it. And I'm just sitting here doing nothing. And I barely post in the past year because I've been busy with a high-risk pregnancy. And those doubts crept in. And I really had to lean on my community. And my coach is, my coaches, you guys, to honor myself there. Because no matter how much you heal, sometimes those old patterns come back. And they're really trying to have you outsource outsource yourself, outsource your self-esteem, outsource your, your everything. And I was outsourcing. I was comparing to other people. I was doing all of those things that I used to do. And just that reminder of, Hey, your intuition's amazing. You get in the flow really easy. You'll know when to come back. And right around four months, it's like I woke up one day and I had all these ideas. I had all this clarity of what I was to do next. And I still haven't... (laughs) announced publicly as of now. It's it's June. I haven't even announced that I'm back yet, but I have clients. I have a business proposal working with a partner. Um, I have a course in the works. So there's, it's funny how when you wait for the right time, that it all comes together seamlessly and easy. I created this partnership in a two hour time frame while driving the car with my sleeping baby. I think if I would have tried to force it before that, it would have taken me forever, but because I waited for the aligned time and I waited for my intuition to kick in and and to know myself and my boundaries and what I'm capable of and honoring my capacity and my full humanity, it was so obvious when to come back. And I realized I wasn't starting new. I know how to get clients. I know I know how to run a business. Yeah. It's not starting new. I'm just picking up where I left off. And because I left on such a beautiful note, people were waiting for me when I came back. Um, I had multiple people reaching out like, hey, I know you're on leave, but the second you come back, I'd love to chat. Scheduled them first. And I've been kind of going through them before I've uh, put out into the world that I'm out. But it was a good wake-up call of... <sighs> That was the culminating event for me. The reason I did this was because of that postpartum event. And that's really what the contrast is just unbelievable. The contrast of sick, overworked, um, broke, because I don't talk about this often. Me and my husband lost our jobs at the same time. And we had no income for months because he had to take care of me and the baby because I was so sick. Medical bills piled up. It, It was the darkest time in my entire life. And I have a lot of childhood trauma. So that speaks to that time frame. And now I came home blissful with this baby. Like today, I'm sitting on my couch, smiling over my hobbies and being able to do this work. 
easily. And I, I don't say that on like such a, I take that with great honor saying easily because it is easy because I'm not forcing it outside of my capacity or bypassing myself to be here. Yeah. You're just allowing yourself to be. Just to be and, and trusting that everything will come together in its own timing. And I'm, my job is just to be a vessel of that knowing. Yeah. Which is so different than sitting in that physician's office with a cheeseburger and holding your breast pump and people telling you to hurry up, hurry up, Ashley, you, you, you're taking up too much space trying to pump yes. milk for your baby and shove that in your face and then come out and take care of humans. And it's just, uh, what we tolerate and what we've allowed culturally inside the hospitals as employees, mm -hmm. as healthcare workers, but, but even uh, the badge of touting overwork as the, what we want to strive for, um, for women, especially women of childbearing age is toxic. It's and so bad. It, there's a better way. Absolutely. I'm like, look at any other country and their leave policies. Can we just start there? <laughs> you know, this systemic, yeah. this systemic problems. And I, I, that's what's making me shift lately a little bit. Yes, I'm keeping my clients, but shifting more to the systemic change because I realize no one's going to care about this more than me because I'm so personally invested in this that I, I've got to do something bigger too. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, most nurse coaches feel that like I do feel from a spiritual standpoint that a lot of us are being called to go first because we we know something's got to change. We know we have to change. And then I feel like nurse coaches are the ones that are getting the call the loudest first. We're going first, but we're going first to start paving the way for others to follow us because this, this cannot continue. It cannot. I love how you bring the bigger, scarier topics into it all because it's not just about what you eat and it's not just about um, what doctor you go to and what supplements you take. It's also about your trauma, about your belief system, about your relationships, about your spiritual beliefs. Um, and so I guess what I want to ask you is if there was anything that anyone could have done for you when you were at your worst, like you had to do this all on your own, right? Like this, this Pretty feeling much. you had to do all on your own. Mm -hmm. Had a nurse coach known you and saw you, what could she have done? Like what would have, what would have gotten through to you? Mm, holding non-judgmental space. Like truly yeah. just witnessing me and my ugly from a space of, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> you know, like not, I feel like the doctors that I found now, because I've advocated for myself and fired everyone and got new ones, which I'm like, can we also normalize that please? Because that's okay. They're not the end all be all. They're yeah. not the gatekeepers. Doctors work for us. Yes. They're not the By gatekeepers the way, to healing. Work for us. Yes. Thank exactly. You. Yes. And <laughs> I remember talking with him, and that's what he, this is exactly what I needed. He always asked my thoughts first, right? And that's what we do as coaches. We always, the, the clients in the driver's seat, but holding this space of just witnessing me in that ugly spot and not being alarmed at it, not saying you're too much, not saying you're above my, you know, 
exotic is what I got called at some point because I had all these issues coinciding at once and it was too much for everyone. Like if someone could have just witnessed me in that moment and be like, yeah, makes sense you're here. I mean, that would have just normalized so many things and allowed me to stop doing the brain gymnastics of, oh God, what, you know, what's everyone thinking when I'm doing this? I literally remember hiding in my room for my family because I was raging, which can we just also, there's so many things like postpartum rage is a thing. That's a thing. And I was very ashamed of it for a long time. Um, And I remember just raging out and hiding in my room for my family, pretending I was breastfeeding my baby because I did not want them to see me in that state. I hadn't, I felt so alone and so dark because I didn't think anyone could see me. And like, you know, just witnessing, witnessing me in that state and be like, I understand why you're here. Look at what you've been served over (laughs) 28 years of life. And I think that's Gosh, what I, so basically I'm going to interrupt you for one second. No, go for it. I just want to pull out one thing. You just said that the most important thing that a nurse coach could have done at that moment to help you was hold some non-judgmental space. And since we work with new nurse coaches and, and this podcast is really for a lot of nurse coaches insert, just starting and we're all concerned that we're not good enough and we can't do the thing or you haven't had enough experience that if you've learned in your cert how to hold non-judgmental space, that would have been enough for you, Ashley. Absolutely. And that's one of the most basic foundational yeah. things that we learn. Yeah. I tell- always back to the basics. I always want to complicate yes. it and make it all fancy and put some coaching fairy dust in the mix. And then it always comes back to... Slowing down, non-judgmental space, obscene curiosity, like nothing off limits, compassionate truth. Um, and that's the recipe for an incredible coaching session and an incredible, incredible coaching practice. What are you currently struggling with? Hmm. Like what is right now, what are you working on inside your practice, inside your life? So struggle's an interesting word. I feel like I have been embracing the chaos of life right now, of all the newness and yeah. returning of new things that I don't even I don't even feel like struggle's the right right word for how I feel. I feel Ooh, like cool. right? Like I'm just kind of Right. I love doing that. It. <laughs> and so I have been working on a bunch of new things. I've been partnering with a local therapist who is trauma informed to be a consulting business for healthcare providers in the area to bring trauma-informed care because if we can just allow them to learn how to hold space and get curious and do these trauma-informed tactics, like they're not going to re-traumatize these patients and cause them to spiral and then not be able to take care of themselves. They label them non-compliant when the reality is, have we looked at why they're not doing what they're supposed to do? Maybe because you've traumatized them and they were in freeze and they didn't hear a word you said, right? Like there's so many things we could be doing. So I'm, I would say birthing all these new ideas, which funny, I, that comes after birth has been, I think, no, I'm not going to say I'm struggling. I'm trying to make that question work. I'm not struggling. I, I'm just embracing this chaos of yeah. homeschooling soon, momming, doing these new things and just giving myself grace along the way because- Really, that's all we can do is give ourselves grace because 
I mean, we just get it by being human. <laughs> we just get grace by being human. Um, so I feel like with that's what I'm working on is bringing new ideas into light. I'm working on continuing to honor where I'm at, keep my boundaries strong. And really what I feel like is the collective situation now with nurse coaches is finding community. And yeah. I've been working on that for a long time. Um, community in my neighborhood, community in my community, like my physical community and kind of pulling off the online world some and diving back into that. So it feels so good. And I think again, because I'm working on aligned timing, it doesn't feel like a struggle. Right. I love how you couldn't make that word work for you. That's like, there are definitely times where that word doesn't apply to me either. If someone asked me that question, I'd be like, I uh, like to be completely transparent and honest. I am not struggling in this moment. And that's so cool. Like, right. Like that's so cool that there are periods of time, sometimes sustained periods of time where I'm honestly not struggling and maybe even nailing it, like actually feeling like I'm nailing it. Like I'm really doing the thing. I'm really proud of myself. I'm really grateful. I wake up happy. I go to bed happy. Like that is, was just not my reality for, for me, it wasn't my reality till probably 39. I mean, I don't think there was a day without struggle until I was 39. Yeah. And it's just so cool. Like that in itself is just a testament to what this work does over time. Mm-hmm. And like the deep work, because that's the transformational piece, right? Is we can do it quickly. Yeah. I mean, as long as our nervous system allows, of course, we get to do it quickly. We get to transform. And the longer you go, it's like you're just, div- like I said, diving deeper into that present, that gift that you're getting. Yeah. And it doesn't feel like a struggle anymore. It's just more joy and more excitement and more meaning and more intention and more expansion constantly. Yeah. It's a testament to what coaching can do for us because you've been being coached Mm -hmm. and doing deep work for a while, right? Like for years. And I've been doing deep work and being coached for a while and I have not arrived. I have no doubt. I'll look back on myself 10 years from now and go, oh, wow. She didn't think she was struggling, but from this perch, she actually was. And that's the beauty of like, awakening to who we're becoming. But this is why I love coaching is because I remember I've gone through many periods of time where I don't drink at all. And I remember someone saying, you don't drink? And I was like, no, you know, no, I'm sober. And they said, well, how do you have fun? And I'm like, but you being can have alive. fun sober. Uh, but to be completely honest with you, it's kind of like starting a campfire. Like I have to start my campfire like rubbing two sticks together just because you get to light a match does, and, and that has your fun. And and so coaching teaches us how to use natural tools to do things faster, right? And there's no bypassing that. There's no way around it in this lifetime. There's no way I've found to bypass it. I've tried lots and lots and lots of ways. Um Okay, I want to ask you one more question to round out this episode because I don't know this about you and I'm your coach and I shouldn't know this about you. And I have ideas of probably what it is, but let's just say anything's possible, Ashley. Anything. What is your your big, hairy, audacious goal? What is the, the, like literally if you placed an order to God, to the universe, and it would be delivered in, in an amount of time, 
What's the big thing? What's the big goal for you? So this has not changed in all my years. (laughs) Like I was just talking to my nanny about this, actually. I want to have a wellness center that has multiple modalities where you can just walk in and the environment is healing within itself. Um, You know, thinking Reiki, massage, therapists, I mean, anything, anything. I want it to be near mountains and beautiful outdoor arenas. I want to do therapeutic gardening. I want to have, um, like, there's these therapeutic horse training people where you can actually do biofeedback, like, in the moment with these horses. Um, I want to adopt all of the ugly, misshapen hospice animals and use them as a therapeutic agent as well. I want to um, do therapeutic gardening. You can just come and show up and take what you want home. I want it to be like a community feel in the most community feel and also give new life to things that um, have been thrown aside. So that's kind of the idea around my coaching is these people have been thrown aside, um, whether by parents sometimes with this trauma piece, whether by the medical community. Um, and I realized this is what I love to do. I love to give things second life. I love to, um, create from ashes. And I really feel like that honors all of those things while allowing someone to just come in and seeing how powerful your environment is to healing you. No one talks about environmental health and just walking into a building that's full of clean air where you can get clean water, where you can be in the driver's seat of the healing and pick what you want, make it your way, depending on what your day is, hyper-individualized care. Um, that would probably be, I mean, like a homeschool year. I mean, you inspired me. That's fine. <laughs> like just something where like your kids can run around barefoot while you're being treated and it's good it's all good like it's I haven't put all the pieces together but that's the feel I'm going for and if I had all the money in the world I would just create that and let people come experience it on such a high level so they just leave forever changed from even just one visit yeah Ooh, you know what it kind of reminds me of a little similar and a little bit different is the uh, when I met the founder of Hope for Cancer. Mm-hmm. I met the founder of Hope for Cancer. Have you ever heard of those centers in Mexico? Yes. They're amazing. So it was a naturopathic doctor. Yes. And it's not as outdoorsy, and but because the people coming are really, really, really ill. But it was that idea of you come and you, you're immersed and we do so much in such a short period of time because of the resources we have. Yes. And for your people, obviously, they wouldn't be stage four cancer patients, right? They would be people sick, traumatized, people pleasers. Like we know who who would go there, but it's like that version of it. It's mm-hmm. like a holistic version of it um, where you go and you get immersed and you have all these these things in access to healing because- Without being healthy, nothing else matters. And you know what percentage of the population is actually aware of that? You don't figure it out until you're really freaking sick, right? You don't get the gift of that until you're really, really sick. So, all right, I'll be holding that big, hairy, audacious goal for you. I <laughs> yes, think please. It's fantastic. Uh, I'll come. I'll definitely come. I'll uh, help you build a yurt, even though I kind of don't really know what I'm doing, but I've done <laughs> Do it we once all, before. We've no done it does. once before. 
no, we'll just come and figure it out mm-hmm. and have some food and let the kids run around and be crazy. Yes. Um, how do people find you? Um, what's the best way for people to find you if they're listening to this and they hear, heard your story, they're in resonance with you and they're thinking, you know what? I need to do some, I need to dive into the deep end and Ashley's the girl to take me there. Um, how can they reach you? So direct by email is probably okay. stellar because it comes right to me. It's contact at deeply rooted wellness, com. But I'm also on Facebook. I'm Ashley Durant RN, easy peasy. And I am on Instagram, but that's more of my personal journey. So if you did connect with anything about me and my personal journey, I do share that because I feel like sharing your story is also a healing modality. Um, especially yeah. in the thyroid world and that chakra and all the, all those kind of things. Um, and it's autoimmune nurse Ashley. And there's just a lot of raw, <laughs> a lot of raw, real, um, parts of my journey. So depending on which part you resonated with, if you want to work with me, find me on email or Facebook. But if you really want to kind of see firsthand for your own, cause some people are lurkers. I are not the lurkers. Um, yeah. the Instagram would be the best way. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking an hour out of your time being with me today and sharing about you and your journey. And that was a different kind of interview and a different kind of podcast than we normally do than Shelby and I normally do. And it was super fun to just dive into the real, the raw and who you are and what you want to see in the world. Um, I'm super proud of you. And I'm going to just brag about you for a second. You know, Ashley was in our coaching container all year after, right after she had her baby and we coached her and we supported her, not around business, you guys, just around being. And the minute that it was time, she was hit the gates, made money, it's no problem, no issues. And so I think a lot of people get worried about investing in coaching when they're going to have a baby because they think that they're not going to get value. And Shelby's story really shows that's just not true. You, you're another example of that. And it's more risky, I feel like, to not have the support when you're going through that transition if private practice is what you're doing. Um, don't go through a pregnancy without a coach. If you, It's just too easy to quit, too easy Absolutely. to fall off, too easy to go back to old patterns. And we got to, to support you through a lot of those thoughts each week. Um, and here you are on the other side, rocking it as a mother of two and business owner. So, Thanks to you guys. I adore you. Thank you so much. Absolutely. And uh, we welcome you guys to come hang out with us in the free Facebook group. Uh, It is the Successful Nurse Coaches. You can find us there. If you go to our website, we've got new grad resources. We try to give away as much value as we can for free. And of course, if you are looking for business mentorship, a deeper, longer, more transformational container than most business coaches offer, come play with us in the deep end. See you later. Bye. Bye.